0: Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. This is your host, Dalton Dismore, and this is The Faith Prospect. We're joined today by Sister Connie Prieto. Now, Sister Connie, she has been a constant in my life since, uh, man, I guess since I was born, maybe one or two, but she's always been there. She's, she is always been there for my family and just been such a wonderful help and gift from God to Shikani. It's great to have you here today with us.
1: Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Dalton. I am so glad to be here.
0: So, uh, I want to start out just like an icebreaker question. I've done this occasionally Mm -hmm. and I'm curious. So what's your favorite book of the Bible?
1: My favorite book of the Bible, I have to say I love the Gospel of John and uh, because it talks about the word becoming flesh. And um, there's just so many, though, because there's the Old Testament. I love the Psalms. That's just a hard question for me to answer. I love the history of the Jewish people, uh, the prophets. Oh, my, there's just so much. I think I would have to choose one from each category. Okay. But I would say first that I would definitely, if you gave me, if I could only have one, I would definitely choose a gospel. And I would say John.
0: Okay. Wow. That's pretty cool. Usually, and you said you love the Psalms. Usually when I've asked that question, it has been Psalms that people, people yeah. go. So you're the first one that's straight off the path. And we're like, <laughs> you know what? I think because there's such a comfort, you know? There is.
1: You can find a comfort in them for just about actually i shouldn 't say just about it's for every life situation that comes along it's it's true, yeah, uh,
0: I think it's something it's part of my my daily reading every day yeah, I, I always put psalms in there
1: oh that's beautiful that and it's such a good way to worship and to praise him. I would never be able to come up with the words that David did. They are so beautiful, so I pretend like i 'm David if i can't. If I know there's more, or I just, I'm like, oh, I'm just saying the same thing over and over again. Let me, let me pray something different to the Lord so he can hear something different. I just pretend like I'm David and I pray or praise those Psalms out loud and they're just so, so good. Amen. I, I want to say too, I just, I, I just in passing, I love the gospels because, uh, because I love to see and hear what jesus thought about things so that's that's why that would be my favorite book if i had to
0: choose one wow that's cool yeah okay so let's go ahead and dive right into this okay so uh, i really i love starting by asking people what their first encounter with god was so now that can mean a lot of different things. It could mean the first time you ever heard about God, or maybe the first time you had an experience with God praying, whatever that means to you what 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 would you say is your first encounter with god
1: the, I would say <clears throat> my first encounter as far as feeling the presence of God, I was in my early twenties, and um we visited a church that was uh, broadcasting. They also had a a radio program and it was right near to the house we had just moved into. And so um, just out of curiosity, we wanted to visit and uh, we were Catholic. And so when we walked in and we saw people lift up their hands, we were literally dumbfounded. We had never seen that before. And I really, really think our mouths just dropped open. We had never seen anything like that before. And uh, so I would say, um, I think that would be, that's not really an encounter with God, but it would be uh, having stepped out from the Catholic Church, I feel into something new, into the presence of God, because of the worship, you know. And I know that, you know, even though um, it was a, a Christian, non-denominational church, I, I really can see God just moving everywhere in every church, trying to reach everybody. But it, it, it was, I think it was interesting because we were very, very Catholic. I mean, like we were diehard Catholics, Dalton. I pitied people who were not Catholic. I felt sorry for them. I was literally so proud to be in the truth, in the true church, or so I thought. I mean, we, we lived right across the street from the Catholic church. My mom and dad always invited the priest and the nuns over for dinner on Sunday. We went to parochial school, which meant mass Monday through Friday, every Saturday communion every sunday mass and i loved worshiping mary lighting candles praying to the saints i mean we did everything the stations of the cross and all of the special celebrations honoring mary so anyway um that's my my mom had uh, grown up there and, and we grew up there and when i was 20 years old we moved away to the other side of town And I'll never forget that there was a radio inside of the house, like built into the wall. And we had never seen anything like that before. We were like, wow, that's so fancy. So my mom turned it on and she started listening to Christian programs. And she said, listen, children, we can learn about the Bible. And we were like, oh, mom, that's so boring. We don't want to listen to that. We want to listen to music. And she said, no, no. She said, this is very good. We can learn about the Bible. So that one of the churches that broadcast these Christian programs was the one that we visited because it just so happened to be right by the new house we had moved into. And so, anyway, um, so that kind of began my my journey there.
0: Okay, cool. So, you know, I actually never knew that you were Catholic before. Really? That's that oh, interesting. Goodness.
1: I think because y- you've known me since you were a baby. I think
0: this is all you've ever known of me. That's true. this yeah. it's <laughs> true. But knowing that, I, I have a question. So, sure. Um, looking back now, uh, you know, you you, just, you said your first. Your first encounter was when you you stepped, you for the first time, kind of ventured out of Catholicism and mm-hmm. into a non-denom church. Mm-hmm. Looking back now, do you remember any time while you were Catholic that you felt the, the presence of God, the Spirit, in no. your devotion?
1: No, no, Dalton, never, ever. And you know what? On that note, um, in retrospect, because I never thought about it then, but now, in retrospect, I never, ever— thought about God or Jesus. He was the son of Mary. He was always on a cross in the church. Mary was my focus. God, if, if I thought about him, he was some far off being that was old, old, old. And, you know, just I never ever thought about him at all. And I was never afraid of going to hell. I never thought about the devil. You don't we never even heard about the devil to be honest, you know, maybe just on a one-time story, but as a, a matter of being aware of his of his devices and that he is real and that he is pulling on mankind never ever. And I was never afraid of hell, never ever, because I was so secure in the fact, Catholic fact. That when I died, I would go to purgatory and somebody would pray me out of there. So I was never afraid of anything like that.
0: Man, so coming from, coming from that, that worldview, um, what was it like when, you know, I mean, you, you've kind of told us the first experience, but mm-hmm. what was it like having everything change?
1: Oh, my goodness. It was, oh, it was It was fabulous, and it was uh, it was like earth shattering. It was stunning. I have because I went through so many different phases, and what happened, Dalton, is that we started going to that church gradually. My father was furious, and we finally talked him into please letting us just visit on a Wednesday night. And so that was okay. And then we started wanting to go on Sundays. And he said, as long as we went to mass first, we could go. So that's what we did. Finally, like when we were about 25, I think he realized, I just may as well let him go. <laughs> <You> know, just <laughs> let him go. So we did. So anyway, um, during that time, I, uh, I was working uh, in, at, in radio and um, I uh, I was beginning to just to wonder about life because at the non-denominational church, we had accepted Jesus as our personal savior. You know, um, we were told that we could be baptized if we wanted to, it was encouraged, but it was not mandatory. So we were baptized. And so I came to a place in my life where every single morning I would wake up and I would be like, is this all that there is to life? This this is it? I, I believe in God. I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. I go to a great church. I belong to a great singles group. I have a great my job of my dreams, which is a miracle that I even got because it was very, very hard to get into radio and, um, I thought I have a car. I live in a nice house i thought I thought, "Oh my God, I thought I must be crazy there 's got to be something wrong with me. Why I feel so empty every single morning so anyway um i, um, I it, uh, brother Eddie started I was at this radio station for a couple of years. And then Brother Eddie started there in April of 1979. He started working there. So, um,
0: and, and who's Brother Eddie?
1: Brother Eddie is my husband. <laughs> <laughs> now he is. He, he was just a coworker then, <laughs> but he's the one that Jesus used to bring me to the knowledge of the truth. So, anyway. Uh, gradually, uh, as a matter of fact, the the lady who hired him, she was a longtime friend of his, and she was like, oh, I think he should be Consuelo, because they all call me Consuelo, which is my name, mm-hmm. but I let everybody call me Connie, because I think it's easier for everyone. So anyway, she said, oh, she would be perfect for, for Consuelo, or, or I mean, excuse me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she would be perfect for him, and he would be perfect for her. So anyway... Um it just gradually we started talking because I found out I found out that he went to that he was a Christian. And so then I later on I found out that he went to a Pentecostal church, which literally was two blocks away from the one that I went to. Oh wow. It was the, the non-denominational church, Cornerstone, a Presbyterian church, and then the UPC Church, Ca- <laughs> Castle Hills in San Antonio, Texas. Wow. Yeah. So um, so anyway, one day I just asked him, I said, so what's the difference between your church and my church? And he said, the baptism. And I was like, the baptism? And he said, yes, the baptism. And I was like, what? I, well, we believe in being baptized. He said, well, yes, Consuelo, you do at your church. It's not really mandatory it's an option but the main thing is that it's not in Jesus name and then i said well what does that matter as long as you have jesus in your heart and he said no it does matter and i said oh no i said i, I said and actually you don't even have to be baptized you know and he said well you do consuelo so he gave me scriptures dalton and i started looking at them and I was very disturbed that they were in the Bible and and it, <laughs> that was very disturbing because I thought oh no so I started looking for stuff to dispute his word and it's not that I I wanted to be right and I wanted him to be wrong it wasn't a it wasn't a pride thing it was scary I was like oh my dear dear god I said what I said, "This can't, this cannot be," and I kept looking and looking, and the more that I would find, everything was matching up with what he was saying. It was so scary.
0: Now I have a, I have a question on that. So, you know, I'm just ob- observing the two different experiences. When you came from Catholicism into the non-denom, it was, mm-hmm. it was joyful and exciting. But whenever you were presented with you know, further, like, more truth on, you know, on on one, the oneness of God, being baptized in the name of Jesus, the fear God of you? Why do you uh, think there,
1: Dalton, why do you think there
0: is a difference?
1: You know what? I never thought of that till you just said it. I know what the answer is, I think. But I never. No one has ever asked me that. That that is an excellent observation. I would have to say the first thing I'm thinking of right now is when you asked. Is the fear of the Lord, and it's what he had to do to get my attention, and as, uh, Brother Eddie invited me. That was in for four months. He we just, you know, occasionally would have lunch together and talk about the Bible or church or whatever. Just
0: about the Bible?
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> he's winking at me, everybody, like we talked, like we were romantically involved. We really, really weren't. We were just, just, uh, I would just say co-workers because, I mean, I didn't ever hang out with him or anything. I had my friends at the, you know, at Cornerstone. So we were just co-workers and I thought, you know, he's a nice guy and whatever. So, But in September, so I met him in April. In September, he started witnessing to me and he invited me to church. So for four months, he invited me to church and I would say, yeah, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll go, I'll go. I would never go. I didn't want (laughs) to go. Well, one Friday evening in December, they were having a special service and I thought, you know what? I really don't have anything to do this Friday night. And I've been promising for four months, I really should go just to get it over with. I mean, he's a nice guy and that's kind of rude that I've been saying I'm going to go and I don't go. So I thought, okay, you know, I'll just go. So of course, I sat in the back. But I must say, Dalton, when I stepped into there, I had never, ever in my life felt anything like that. It it wasn't, I wouldn't even be able to compare it to my experience as a Catholic stepping into a non denominational church. It was far beyond that. I did, at that point, I didn't know what it was, but later on, I realized I had stepped into holiness. It was Beautiful, the music, the songs, and, and I didn't know it at that time. The presence of God, you know, I didn't know that. I because honestly, even though I had been going to the church for a couple of years, the non-denominational church, I didn't read my Bible or. And I was a Sunday school teacher there, and I hardly oh, read my, my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's not the church. I don't think it's the church's fault. That was me. I don't know. I just don't remember hardly reading the Bible a lot just what I just for the Sunday school lessons I would study and I'd read a little here and there but yeah you know not Pentecostal style not apostolic style (laughs) (laughs) so anyway you know how Pentecostals are after church they come for you to the back and you know of course and I didn't I thought well I need to you know I came I at least need to let him see me so I can say hi I came and you know I, I I fulfill my word. well, lo and behold, um I ended up being baptized that night because they uh, wow. I'll never forget her sister Dora Jones. she uh started talking to me and um, you know showed me in the scripture, and she showed me um, she was showing me scriptures in Isaiah. And and I can't remember exactly which one it was. And and it wasn't so much... I mean, yes, I know God was dealing with me. But what happened, Dalton, is that all of a sudden, I had to ask myself a question. I thought, either it's God or your mother. Because what I hadn't said is that two weeks before I met Brother Eddie, my mom had died. Now she um she was very very sick with cancer and as far as she had been able to go was accepting jesus as her personal savior that's all she knew she was never baptized she wasn't she didn't get the holy ghost after that she was so sick the the cancer went up to her brain it just metastasized over her whole body so she slipped into a coma so I, you know, there was nothing she could do and that was holding me back. I think that was the greatest shocker is when <clears throat> brother Eddie started telling me about the baptism even though I was going to a non-denominational church. I still had catholicism inside of me. And I was I thought that can't be. Are are you saying that all these millions of people are not saved, and it was just like earth shattering for me. I, I could not grasp all of these people, all of these loved ones that I knew who were Catholic, not not making it. But I had absolutely no understanding or anything. You know, that was just uh I I was I was afraid. And so at that point On that Friday night, I thought, you know what? It would be better for me to obey God, and then I feel I would be in a better position to, you know, to ask him for mercy, to save souls, to, you know, to reach people. And um, so anyway, when she baptized me, Dalton, she, she, she lowered me into the water, and when she brought me back up, she said, "God," she said, "make her to be a soul winner, Lord Jesus." And I never asked her, and that stayed in my mind. And and I should have asked, like, well, Sister Dora?" What do you? I don't understand. What do you mean? But I, I didn't think of it because it was already midnight. And I'll I'll tell you why in just a minute. She, I always wondered. I thought, what did she mean by that? A soul winner? Can you imagine? I was going to a. Christian church, and I had no idea what a soul winner was. And again, looking back, I realize because in a Christian church, everybody's saved, everybody. And um, so, anyway, that always just it was like ingrained in me. And but the reason I think I didn't ask her, I didn't think of it. But if I would have, I may not have because. I had, before I was baptized, I had gone home to get my blow dryer because I wanted to blow dry my hair. And it was already like 11 o'clock at night. And my dad was like, where are you going? It's so late. And I said, "Um," I said, you know what, I've got to go to the radio station and I've got to, I've got to fix this tape because that's what we used back then, tapes, and you would splice it. So I knew, I thought, I have to go back I have to go to the radio station and thank God there was always a security guard so I could get in anytime. And I did listen to a recorded program and spliced it and got it ready so that I could go back and tell my dad that, yes, I did go to the radio station because I didn't want to lie. Now that's one thing the Catholic church did put in. They did tell us the Bible is the word of God and they, and I knew that you weren't supposed to lie. I knew, I knew that much. They just didn't tell us to read the Bible. <laughs> that's all. I
0: think that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you, went, you went to the what? radio station.
1: I know. Oh, I had man. to. I had to.
0: Uh, so uh, something, and you were you were kind of getting to it, but I, I feel like there are so many people that probably do deal with, uh, you know, the thought of their, their loved one, you know, mother, father, grandparent, someone who, who died before they heard the truth. Mm-hmm. And how did, how did you deal with that?
1: Um, you know what? After I was
0: baptized,
1: God took that and gave me peace and comfort. And, and he showed me that my mom was in the hands of a just and a merciful God. And I knew. I thought I cannot let my mind wander. I, the Bible says, "Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding." My understanding, I would say, it's still very limited. But back then, it was very, very limited because I didn't know anything. But again, looking back through the years, I can see that He just He gave me peace.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. That's good. So uh throughout, you know, after now that you you know you were baptized and and eventually did had you received the Holy Spirit at this point? No,
1: no. I, I can tell you that part too if you want me to. Go for it. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you uh, something very, very amazing. I'm so tired of that word. Let me say astonishing <laughs> <laughs> or any other word, something different. Um when I left the radio station the path that I that I would take from the radio station to go to my church the the cornerstone church I I would always take the same path but from a distance there was a certain point in the road or on, there was a certain point on the road from which the cross at that church could be seen and it was one of those uh, electronic illuminated crosses, bright red, a big cross. And that meant so much to me, that cross, because I always, I, every time I looked at it, I thought, oh, that represents Jesus. That represents the church. And, and I just love that cross because it, it means so much to me. So <clears throat> I put a fleece out. And which is, I had never done that before. And I don't recall ever putting another fleece out again. I, I put a fleece out and I said, Jesus, if what, if what Eddie is telling me is true, if it's true about the baptism, even though I was just baptized, then I want that cross to not be lit because that cross means everything to me. And if what he's saying is the truth, let the light go out in that cross, so that I can know that, um, th- so that I can know what the truth is. So I started driving, and at the point where I should have seen it, I didn't see it. I couldn't see it. And in one instant, Dalton, I wanted to, um, I wanted to change the fleece. And I, I wanted to say, oh, no, let, wait, never mind. Let, let me use something else. It this all happened in a split second, and then I thought, no, you can't change it. That was like a covenant you made with God. You can't. And as I drove near and near, I thought, oh my God, surely, surely it'll go on. It never went on, Dalton. It wow. had been on since the since the the beginning, since the church had been built. And in late, it never went back on. In later years, I asked one of my brothers who still attended there, hey, Jimmy, I wonder why uh, that, has the cross ever been put back on? Because I know it's been out for a long time. He said, you know what, Connie, it is the weirdest and strangest thing. They have had, I don't know how many electrical companies come out there and nobody can fix that cross to make it shine again. Wow. I, I was, uh, I was just astounded. So what happened then is that, oh, this is, this is okay. So I went to sleep the next morning. I promise you, Dalton, when I woke up, I I thought I got the Holy Ghost because I felt like life entered into me. I opened my eyes and I just like gasped. I was like, oh, I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's true about the baptism. I It was, it was like revelation knowledge. It's, I don't know what else to call it, but I could see it. But the greatest thing is that I wasn't empty anymore because for a year I had Every day, every day, every morning, every morning, I would wake up with the same emptiness as this all there is to life. And so I raced to the telephone and I said, Eddie, oh my God, you were telling me the truth. It's it's true And um, about the baptism. And so I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to go to the library and check out that book that you told me about. Because for four months, he had been telling me, Consuelo, go to the library and check out in it as a catholic encyclopedia so that you can read for yourself you need to study so i went and i got the oldest catholic encyclopedia <coughs> and dalton when i finished reading i i was literally just devastated because i read for the first time that peter had been already dead for three hundred years when the Catholic Church was founded, and I, even though I was going to a non-denominational church, I thought Peter was the first pope, and I was, I was like, oh my dear God, I thought, then that means the the, the non-denominational church wasn't telling me the truth, the Catholic Church wasn't telling me the truth, and. I was just, I was a wreck. I could hardly even, I could hardly even function. This was like, I thought my life was over with. So what did you do then? Okay, so I went and reported (laughs) to Brother Eddie. (laughs) I didn't really report to him. I was like, you were telling me the truth. It's true. I said, but how do I know that you're telling me the truth? I feel like I was deceived by the Catholic, not so much deceived, but they didn't tell me the the, the truth. And then Cornerstone didn't tell me the truth about being baptized in Jesus' name. How do I know you're telling me the truth? What if you're a cult? And I didn't tell him this, but I thought, y'all just look so different from anybody and everybody (laughs) I've ever seen. And he said, So he said, Consuelo, he said, the only way you'll find truth is that you will have to pray and fast and read your Bible because everybody you ask will give you a different opinion, which had happened with the baptism. So that was in December. So all of January and February and part of March, I fasted. I would eat one meal, wait 24 hours, eat another meal. And I did that for two months maybe a little more than two months. And I kept reading and praying. And Dalton, I was like starving for the truth. I I wanted the truth so bad. When I tell you that, it's not so that you can think, oh, wow, Sister Connie, you're fantastic. You wanted truth. No, not at all. I believe with all of my heart, soul, and mind that God, put that desire inside of me. I don't think I was so smart to think, what is truth? I I just, I just was not, I don't think I would have been capable of that or anything. So I, I I know it was God. He just put, put something inside of me. I was desperate because I thought I've got to know what the truth, what is truth And, and what, if I don't know what truth is, what will I be telling people? So at um, at the end of, of well, I should say in March, and I know I wrote the day down in, in a in my journal. I just don't have it with me right now. The scripture that I was reading was who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Dalton, I almost fell off the bed. I even I I could hardly even breathe I was like oh, I was like oh my dear God I said Jesus is God Jesus is actually God he's not a second person and brother Eddie had been telling me that there's just one and I was I forgot to tell you that after the baptism he had he took one thing at a time he told me and I said, What does it matter who Jesus is as long as you accept him as your Lord and Savior? What does it matter if he's a first person, second person, third person? Who cares as long as you have him in your life? And he said, it does matter, Consuelo. Well, I went home, Dalton. I opened up my Bible, I promise. And I was not looking for anything in particular. I just opened it and I started reading. All of a sudden, now this was back in December, I came to the scripture where Jesus said, if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall surely die in your sins. And it just stunned me. And I stopped and I thought, what? And I could hear Brother Eddie's voice. It does matter who you think he is. And I was like, oh my goodness, how can this be happening to me? How is this? Why is this happening? Why do I have to deal with this? I wish I were just... Back at the at Cornerstone, and I didn't have to think about anything or make any decisions. I was like, "Oh my goodness, I don't even want to think about all this. I don't want to be responsible for this." It was just so uh, shattering in my life. It was like my whole life was coming apart, and little did I realize that I was I was about to be, you know, brought into the kingdom of God, and so I. I when I read that, I was like, what? What does he mean if y- you don't believe that I am he? I thought, who's he? Who does he want me to believe that he is? But I, I of course, immediately I put two and two together and I thought, oh my goodness. I thought, oh my dear God. It, does matter who I think he is. I thought, oh no, now I've got to find out who he is. I was like exhausted. I thought, oh my goodness. I thought this is a lot. How am I going to find out who he is? How will I find out that? And so that's when brother Eddie said, well, you're going to have to pray and read and fast. If you really want to know, that's what you've got to do. So I was, that was just so awesome to see who God was, that he, I I could actually see it, that he is Jesus. It was just, that is my treasure, is the revelation of the oneness. That is my treasure. And so anyway, so I went to Brother Eddie and I, I called him. I was like, oh my God, I, I, Jesus is God. I, I I see what you're talking about. This is so awesome. And I have to thank Jesus. I have to just take a, give a shout out to Brother Eddie because he fasted and prayed so much for me, you know. And I know some plant, some water, and God gives the increase. So I give glory and praise and honor to Jesus for being so merciful to me and for calling me from out of darkness into his marvelous, marvelous light. He could have left me behind. He heard Brother Eddie's prayers. I know it says some plant and some water, but I know Brother Eddie planted and watered and God in his mercy and his love for mankind gave the increase. And I am so, so grateful for that. So I told, I told Brother Eddie, I said, okay, I said, I'm, I'm ready to come to your church, but I, I, I'll tell you one thing. If I ever, ever hear something wrong or something that's not in the Bible, I am leaving and I am going to find the truth. I, I will continue to search. I, I will find, I will keep on looking and looking until I find the, the truth A a true church. And to this day, Dalton, I have never been able to find anything. (laughs) Of course, I'm not looking, but I thought the audacity to tell him if I ever find anything, I didn't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) So so that was a lot of nerve, but he knew where I was coming from because I thought, you know, I feel like I'm jumping into a deep swimming pool. I kind of don't know what I'm getting into, but I am so, I wouldn't trade it for. Anything in the world, dalton
0: man, so when did you get the Holy Spirit?
1: Oh, yeah, so anyway, I started going to the church, and um it, you know they talked about the Holy Spirit, but honestly i didn 't really understand it i, I just um, i, I didn 't fully understand it, and I would hear them speaking in tongues, and I would see them shouting and dancing and I was like cringing I was like oh my goodness I hope that doesn't happen to me because you know they would wave their arms and kick their kick their feet and do a funny little jig and and I was like oh my goodness I thought I, how does that happen is that just them or what you know I remember the very first time that I invited my brothers and sisters we sat on the front row and someone started dancing in the Holy Ghost. We, had, we were dying. It was horrible, terrible, because we couldn't hardly contain the laughter. And we, it wasn't mocking. It just tickled us. We had never in our life seen anything like that before. And we liked it, but, you know, we thought it was so, so funny so anyway, I went to a camp meeting that was June of 1980. I went to camp meeting and, um, I'll never forget that at the, it was brother glass preached. And, um, I was sitting there, I think I was on the front row. I was on the front row and I just started trembling and that had never, and you know, the old old camp, build, old camp meeting grounds, you know, it was kind of hot. So, but I was trembling like, and I thought, oh my goodness. I thought, what's happening to me? I'm not, I don't think I'm cold or anything. And I, I, I had to like grit my teeth. I was just like, oh, and I thought, oh my goodness. I thought I'd better go to the altar. Maybe this means something. So I just lifted my hands and God just began to deal with me and after about an hour God literally gloriously filled me with the holy ghost i wow. could feel like the tongues coming up and i just started i think i spoke in tongues for about an hour or so but it was just um it was just fantastic it really was i i, I mean fantastic you that just doesn't even come anywhere near to describing the infilling of the holy ghost it's like an out of this world experience you know so, so that i would wish everybody everybody could experience dalton
0: so um oh man your story's so cool so you thank you, you, know, you but jesus made it <laughs> that's, that's true that's true if it weren't
1: for him it wouldn't that's be true. cool that's true
0: um so you said that throughout you know throughout all this you know brother eddie was just your coworker. how did y'all how did it come to pass you know that that y'all started dating and, and eventually got married
1: you know what we never dated <laughs> are you for real i'm i'm for real you know what happened is it at it this is the craziest thing after I got the Holy Ghost, I started liking Brother Eddie, but I didn't want to because he wasn't what I had in mind. <laughs> I know that sounds mean. It's just that I I thought, no, I want to travel and get to meet different people. I wanted to, oh, and I wanted to be a missionary. That's when he decided to witness to me and tell me about the baptism because that's a part of his testimony. God gave him a dream. Like you have to tell her now and get her out because I was already applying to go on a mission field. Plus I, and I I really wasn't thinking, even though I was like 26, I think I I wasn't really thinking about marriage. So I know that might sound weird, but I I was, you know, I love my job and, and, uh, I love meeting people. So I, I, you know, maybe that's why I wasn't, really thinking of getting married. So I started liking him, but I didn't know that he liked he had liked me all along, but he wanted to make sure I wasn't a fly by night. Now, the the December that the, the previous December of 1979, the poor thing had invited me to the Christmas banquet and I and I said no that I didn't want to go, but I told him in a nice way. And afterwards, like the following year, I felt so bad. I thought, that was so mean. You should have just gone. It was just a Christmas banquet. He wasn't asking you to marry him or go out with him. I felt so bad. But I, so, and he had already bought a ticket. I didn't find out till like a year later. (laughs) So this year he invited me again to the Christmas banquet. And of course I said, yes. And, you know, so we went with, it was a church banquet. And then, um, One day in January, I'll never forget that. He called me at the end of January. It was a Tuesday night, the last Tuesday of January, and he called me on the phone. I'm laughing because this is so funny. He called me and he said, (laughs) Consuelo, he wasn't laughing, but he said, Consuelo, I just want to tell you that I love you and I wanted to ask you if you'll marry me. (laughs) And I I said, yes, but ask me at church tomorrow night. And so I get to church and people are congratulating me. And I said, you didn't ask me after church. I said, you didn't even ask me to marry you. And people are already congratulating me. So, uh, so we were married on Friday, March 13th. On purpose, we did it because everyone says Friday, March 13th, or excuse me, Friday or 13th is bad luck and all of that mm-hmm. superstitious stuff. So anyway, uh, so that's, we were married six weeks later. And so began our, our journey of being in church married. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> he called you. The, if you wanna say we went out on a date, I don't I didn't consider it a date is that before camp meeting, we met at McDonald's. I can tell you exactly where it was in San Antonio. We met at McDonald's so that we could plan the trip and because there were other people going and stuff and We had lunch at McDonald's, so I don't, I don't think that was a date, but.
0: Wow. So, so now you've, you've, you've been baptized, you've gotten the Holy Spirit and right away you already have a husband. (laughs) (laughs) That is
1: so true. You know what? And that all happened within two years.
0: Wow. How God can turn things around. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. What. Man, so, so what I think did y'all it's because there was a
1: lot of work to do, so much to do. So anyway, um, we were over the over the prayer and over outreach at Castle Hills, and we just—I mean, we just loved it. And we heard that's been forty years ago, Dalton. And Search for Truth had recently come out, and we were real excited about it. I still didn't know hardly anything about the Bible. I was learning, but I did not know about uh, fully to understand God's purpose for creating us. You know, I, I was listening and learning from the preaching, but as far as me knowing it for a fact in the Bible where I could share it with somebody, I didn't know anything. And we found out about the search for truth and we were like, oh, how awesome. Let's start giving Bible studies, so we ordered it, and um, I, uh, I, but of course, before we were going to give a Bible study, we read, I read the whole manual through, and when it came to that part, Dalton, about Jesus being crucified, I could not stop crying, and I rarely, rarely cry, I was on the floor on my face, just weeping and weeping. I could not. That was the first time it hit me, the price that he paid for us to be saved. It, it just really hit me then. So we just honestly, our life, uh, before kids came along, we just uh, we just uh, were always always at church. That, that's Eddie drilled that into me about fasting. So we were always fasting, just a a prayer reading, giving Bible studies, you know, just, uh, inviting people to church. And, uh, that's where I started my so-called dinner ministry is that we would, uh, anybody we'd meet, we'd invite them over to the house
0: to eat. So it's interesting. You, you mentioned, um, you know, your, your dinner, your dinner ministry and your outreach efforts, uh, and you're you said that you you started y'all started outreaching right away oh and yeah. this is this is one of the things I really wanted to get to that one of the topics I really wanted to approach with you because we can on on any given Sunday morning, and I know you would never take credit for it because it it is you know god God is the one who do, who does the work, but there have been so many people that you know in our family being one that you have a you and brother Eddie have a direct influence on you know God y'all were the willing vessels that God used and i just kind of wanted to know like what would what's your like philosophy or your outlook on outreach on people and how's that influenced you know how you live life in the church <sighs> You know what,
1: Dalton? I really believe it goes back first of God first always. But when Sister Dora said make her to be a soul winner, God put that in her heart and mind, or he or she had it and he heard it and put that inside of me. We just had um, just a heavy burden. Everybody, you know, we would see or run into. You're thinking, what about their souls? What about their souls? Brother Eddie was already reaching people uh, before he met me. You know, I was just one of the ones that he reached, and I just feel so strongly that if we are in this life and we are not moved by eternity, we don't. We we come to church, we know what the truth is, but we really don't feel an impulse to reach out, then we desperately must pray and ask God for a burden. I would not want to live without a burden for the loss. You know, it's not easy, but I feel we're here for a reason. I shouldn't say I feel. I know we are. He put us here for a purpose, and what greater honor than to be a co-laborer with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, with the God who created the world to be one of his co-labors. It's such a privilege and an honor. And, <clears throat> and as far as, you know, reaching souls, uh, uh, Dalton, I think there are so many different ways. I wouldn't, like, you know, be critical of someone who isn't out every weekend or who isn't out at all because there are different ways to reach people you could be maybe you can't go out but you could be the one in the prayer room praying that the lord will draw people as our teams are out in the field or you could do a visitation or an act of kindness take food to a sick person or you know um just all of that is is letting our light shine reaching people, there's always an opportunity. If we just stay prayerful, there's always an opportunity to just get a word in. You know, it might be little by little. It might take a long time. It could be instantaneous. We just have to keep walking the walk and talking the talk. We've just got to keep going on, taking one day at a time. And, And every day, ask the Lord, Jesus, what would you have me to do today? You know, if there's somebody I'm supposed to call or visit, put them on my mind and my heart. Tell me, you know, what what do you want me to do today? It could be reaching out to one of your coworkers, a neighbor, a family member. You know, there's just there's so much to do.
0: So, I w- there's three more things I want to do. So first, I want you to I I, I want to know is there any story? of you know when you're you and brother eddie have been reaching after somebody that that and again saying this knowing that god god gives the increase on everybody (laughs) but is there any story that you can remember something very tangible that you saw god influence to bring someone to church that that you either observed or maybe he maybe he said through you or used you or or it was it wasn't even completely you know, and and what I'm kind of talking about is, you talked about your fleece moment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, where you you tested God, you know, in you, you, the cross, it 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 would it didn't shine anymore. Did you have you ever observed that in somebody else's life since, you know, since you've been in church,
1: um, Dalton? Truthfully, I cannot at this moment remember someone specifically putting out a fleece and telling me about it. I can tell you um, to answer your first question about um, just a, a, a couple of, of, of people that we were able to reach, and, and it was like a, you, you could just see it, like all of a sudden that they saw the need, and, and the I think the two, the the main two in in my life that I witnessed to because Brother Eddie. His is a whole other story too. But the main two that I would remember would be first my grandmother because she was Catholic, but I will say this. She wasn't like a big worshiper of Mary and lighting candles. She was Catholic because that's all she knew. She never knew anything else, and she was very obedient. She was a very godly woman. You know, she didn't wear uh, eye makeup and she never cut her hair. She always wore dresses. She never wore pants or anything. So she was she was very, very godly. But I remember when I first got in, I was just like desperately trying to reach everybody. And, you know, I, I had no wisdom. I was like, if, if you don't do this and that, you're going to be lost and you're going to go to hell. And this is what's going to happen. And the Antichrist. And, oh, my goodness, I think I scared him half to death. And, but my poor grandmother, she said, Consuelito. She said, "You're frightening me. I don't understand what you're saying." And so I just began to pray for her. And one day, after uh, after it was more than a dozen years, uh, maybe I had uh, I had been in church for some. We were already in Dallas. And do you know that the Lord told me, "It's time now. Go to San Antonio and talk to your grandmother." So I went and. Dalton, in the most simple elementary terms, I gave her a concise, brief overview of the whole Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. I did it very simply, and I told her what she... I just told her what she needed to know, just the, all of the basics, got it all in there. And right when I finished... She said, and she told me in Spanish, I'll say it in English. She said, well, what are we waiting for? Call the preacher. And so I took her to Castle Hills and uh, Brother Mike Chance baptized her. He carried her. She was into the water and baptized her in the magnificent name of Jesus. And this was really, uh, this was just like mind-blowing because all of my grandmother's life, she was deathly afraid of water she when she was a little girl, one time it it, uh, it someone held her head down in a river, and after that she could not even look at a river, a lake, the ocean, nothing. She was deathly afraid of water, and she got into that baptismal. the Lord blessed her, and uh i don't know if in that moment she got the holy ghost i don't So I think I was so excited. I wasn't even, and and so just shocked that she was in the water. But I I know she did get the Holy Ghost because it's a promise first, because it's a promise. And I'll never forget when she was dying, I was there with her. And she said, oh, Consuelito, she said, look at all of those lights. She said, can you see all of those lights there? So it was just such a, and she was 95 years old. Wow. My dad was 95 too, and he's the other one. <clears throat> he had been sick uh, with Alzheimer's for five years, and it was very gradual, but very, uh, 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 very strong at the end. And uh, I had I had gone to San Antonio, and I just felt I thought, you know what, this is it. You've got to tell him. Well, I got up early, and he was up early, and he said, Consuelito. He said, Do you know what? And I said, what, Daddy? And he said, I was in the living room and these two men came in and he said, and they told me that there was something that I'm missing that I need to know and that I should ask you, do you know what it is? And I said, yes, you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus and he said, I do. And I said, Yes, you do. And he said, All right, let's go. Wow. And so we went to Brother Carruthers Church in San Antonio. Brother Carruthers baptized my dad in Jesus' name. He was 95 years old. And I had been witnessing to him for uh since nineteen um since I got into church. Since nineteen seven 1970, it's nineteen seventy nine, the end of seventy nine, beginning of eighty. I had been witnessing to him and it took almost um almost thirty years or thirty-five years. So um if I could do the math real quick, I, I could tell you how old he was. He was I was twenty five, he would have been fifty five. So it was like about almost almost forty years. Wow. And so never give up. <laughs> That's the point of those two stories. Don't ever, ever give up. Just like the Bible says, you know, uh, true, uh, true love, we just never, never can give up. We've got to, no matter how difficult the people are, you've got to just keep believing. Set that aside. Look into eternity. And we have to ask God to make us, if we're not conscientious of eternity, Dalton, we should be very very aware that at any moment in, in the twinkling of an eye, Jesus can come or we can be gone and it's eternity. So I, I feel that we just need to be more aware of that, you know, and, and the value of a soul, you know, because we just, we just want people to be saved.
0: So I think the last thing, because, uh your story kind of, I was going to ask you two questions after those stories. And it, the first one was going to be, what would you say to somebody who's probably, who's who's trying to be a soul winner, someone who is trying to reach after people? And I feel like you accomplished that, you know, saying never give up. Um, but the second question I want to ask is, what would you say to somebody who might be listening that, that you know, maybe they haven't, maybe, maybe someone's reaching after them? and somehow they've stumbled upon this podcast and and they're hearing your words what would you say to them
1: oh my goodness i would say if you have been reached if someone is talking to you about jesus please please listen to them heed their word you are under no obligation whatsoever you can give it a try if you don't like it you can turn around and walk away though i would hope you would never ever do that i don't Know how anybody could really do that to step into the presence of God, to feel his presence, and then to walk away. But I, I would encourage you, it would be it would be deliverance from this world. It would be life-changing. The void will be filled and, and you will know your purpose in life, what life is all about, why you're even here. And there will be a joy that you I can tell you nothing in this world can ever give you the joy that would come with the infilling of the holy ghost and and knowing what the truth is and and being in the presence of god can you pray for us yes yes thank you dalton Oh, sweet Jesus, hallelujah, wonderful God. Jesus, I praise you and I thank you, mighty, mighty God, for the privilege and the honor to call on your magnificent name. You are so great and greatly to be praised and worship, mighty God. Our words are not sufficient. Oh, sweet Jesus, mighty God, if there is anyone listening who's empty or who's hurt. I pray that you would draw them, mighty God. Let them feel your love, Savior. Let them know what it's like to be loved by you, to know your love, how special they are and that you do care for them. Jesus, I pray that you would reach them. I lift you up, Savior, because your word tells us that when you are lifted up, you will draw all men to you. Savior, I pray that you would draw these precious souls to you. Let them know your love. Let them know your joy. Let them know your peace, mighty God. Let them know salvation. Let them know that there is hope, that there is a brand new life and that there is a way to escape this world, mighty God. Jesus, I pray that you would lift the veil off of their eyes. Let them be loose from anything and everything that would hold them back, that would have them bound. Savior, whether it would be a habit or any sin, dear God, that you would loose them and let them be set free. I plead your blood over them, over each and every soul, mighty God. I plead your precious blood over them, sweet Jesus. God, I'm so thankful that you love them. You love them so much that you gave your only begotten son for them. And I know that you are not willing that a one of them should perish. Not any of them should perish. I am thankful for that. I'm thankful that you're working for a Savior. You're not working against them. Oh, Savior, not working against a one of us, dear God, but for all of us because you love us so much. Thank you for loving us even when we aren't lovable, dear God that you would still love us. I praise you and I thank you for that. Jesus, I pray that those of us who have come to know you, who have been brought out from darkness into your marvelous light, who have had the privilege and the honor of being baptized in your beautiful and powerful name, And of being filled with your glorious spirit. Sweet Jesus, I pray that our lives would be an expression of the gratitude that we feel, dear Jesus, towards you. Let our lives be an expression. Lead us and guide us, wonderful God. In the name of Jesus, order our footsteps. I plead your blood covering over our loved ones, our families. Our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our schoolmates, I plead your blood over each and every one. Help us to reach them. Oh, God, give us a soul winner's heart and mind, Savior. Put a burden in us for the loss. Let us be conscientious of eternity, of how soon it is, how near it is, mighty God. Oh, Jesus, may we ever love you and never, ever turn away, dear God. You've been so good to us. I pray for a hedge of protection around each and every one. I plead your blood, Savior, over the ministry of the church, dear God. Each and every minister of your word, we thank you for them, for their uh, them being the shepherds of our souls. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, mighty God. We love you. Thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for joining us today, Sister Connie.
1: Oh my goodness, it was a privilege and an honor. Thank you so much for having me, Dalton. I appreciate it.